0: This is the Bartholomew Town Podcast. All right, Bill Bartholomew here with you for another edition of the Bartholomew Town Podcast, where today I welcome Patty Watson, owner of Taste Design in Middletown, for a conversation on the impact of inflation on small businesses, both on a national scale, but specifically here in Rhode Island, where there are a lot of nuances that make this an extremely challenging moment for small businesses. Obviously, you know, small businesses are the backbone of Rhode Island's economy in so many different ways. And this is a a really challenging moment. I mean, let's be clear about it. So glad to have Patty here on the podcast for that discussion. I'd also be remiss if I didn't thank you guys out there for your patience this week as I've navigated some crazy IT challenges. Last Saturday, my computer just went into like a total meltdown. And for the past week, it's been... You know, it's been tough. And, and I know some of you have probably noticed the audio quality, including today's interview, is well below our typical standards. I had to figure out kind of on the fly how I was going to make the show work this week. Um, and I want to I wanna thank you guys for being patient with that, um, as well as the guests. We're back in business, um, recording going forward. We're, we're looking good. I was able to retrieve a lot of my data. But um, the lesson that I learned is definitely back your stuff up. <laughs> no question about it. Um, but it was, it was a bit of a challenge this week being without the studio here. And I appreciate my friends over at WPRO where eventually I was able to get into that facility and do some of the work over there. But for the beginning portion of the week where I recorded uh, the episode with Lieutenant Governor Matos, today's episode with um, Patty Watson – in one other episode with, uh, with with Jocelyn Foy of The Women Project, I did them from home in sort of this, you know, MacGyvered rig, and I appreciate everybody's patience with that. But we're back in business. Um, I want to thank my sponsors, Pure Vita Labs. Visit purevitalabs.com. Commonwealth Care Alliance, bringing uncommon care to Rhode Island, and PVD Fest. I'm playing at PVD Fest, actually kicking off the Saturday, 2 p.m., right in downtown Providence on one of the big stages. I'll be performing there. Uh, some of the songs that I've been working on and the new recording, the new record that I've been making since January that I thought I had lost when my computer crashed. <laughs> and a, a whole bunch more. So uh, always appreciate you as well. Send me an email anytime, bill at ripodcast.com. Gonna be mixing things up here a little bit as I you know, always try to keep things fresh, some new production. Um, I'm starting to... Get your emails that are on very general topics, but I want to bring that interaction to the show a lot more. So again, it's Bill at ripodcast.com. I'm going to start reading your emails on the air as we move forward here, especially into political season proper, which I think we're in actually right now, right? Um you know, lots coming up here in the next couple of weeks. There's another gubernatorial forum next Friday. I'll have full coverage of that. We're seeing after a poll was released earlier this week, we're seeing some some significant, um, well, I, I guess some predictable stuff in terms of of the numbers where candidates in the gubernatorial race and the congressional race are sit are sitting, and it's going to be really interesting to monitor their ad buys over the next month. So I'll be assessing that. We'll be getting into conversations with some people on the marketing side of things. Lots ahead here on B Town. Remember to tell your friends and subscribe and support the podcast for as little as three dollars per month by visiting patreon.com slash Town. all right so today we have a discussion on something that is definitely on just about everybody's radar screen in one way shape or form right now broadly speaking inflation and specifically um, a finding in, a, in a, findings in a report that really tailored to small businesses but as a result trickles down to or up to all of us. And joining us today is someone who I think can give us a little insight into that, and it's Patty Watson. So Patty, if you wouldn't mind just sort of setting the table, introducing yourself, and let's, let's get right into the findings of the report. Sure,
1: sure. Thanks for having me, Bill. Um, I am the founder and um, principal of Taste Design. We're a 15-person interiors firm based in Middletown. This is the 18th year of the business, so we've you know made it through the ups and downs first 2008 and now um, 2020 and beyond. So we um, we're an end to end interiors firm, so that means that we're working early in a project with um, fellow professionals like architects and builders and landscape architects to um, to conceive a home, usually a custom home, and um, and then work throughout that project uh, to design and then produce that home as well. And the, the produce part is particularly important right now because we know it's harder than ever to actually bring something from your head into the home and, and fully produce it. So therein lies some deflation challenges and labor shortages and supply chain issues is really in that part of the business. The design part of the business is strong and, and, and doing very well, it's the producing part. that that we see the most amount of challenge
0: right now. Well, let's talk about the the findings of this Goldman Sachs um, 10,000 business-oriented report. Let's get into the the broad conversation, which is inflation right now. I mean, you go to the gas pump. I mean, it's almost become a generic talking point in some ways, you know, inflation or gas prices or this, that, the other. But the reality is that It is happening. There's no question we're at inflation rates that exceed anything that I've seen in my lifetime and that really are somewhat disturbing. So how does that impact a business like yours?
1: Well, it impacts, I think, a smaller business so much harder than a larger business, right? Because our costs increase. We have to stay competitive, yet, we can't really pass all of that on, at least I don't believe I can pass all of that on to my clients. My clients are already seeing increased costs in producing and, and designing and building that home. So to pass on even more cost to them starts to starts to jeopardize my role in, in that in that venture. So I am trying to, you know, like any small business person, absorb as much as I can while remaining Competitive and um, and and keeping keeping the workflow coming into the to the organization. So it, I think it, it just magnifies the problem when you're a small business.
0: Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, obviously, as a larger firm, you can procure things in bulk, or even and oftentimes you may have already procured whatever materials well in advance of this spike that we've seen. And if you're an individual, there's ways to just sort of hacks that you can sort of. Um, you know economically try to survive quote unquote this moment but that small business zone it is really difficult to uh, to just see a pathway forward if things continue if, if inflation continues to climb or even if we enter a period of stagnation where we see this you know really imbalanced or awkward relationship of currency to goods and services
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, um, and unfortunately there doesn't seem to be an end in sight, so the, the workarounds that, that, we, that we come up with um, really have now become long-term and, mm. and will increasingly so, I believe. So it's, um, it's nothing that's going to go away anytime soon.
0: What have you specifically, you know, talk about those workarounds, because other small businesses or anybody would probably be interested um, not to give away trade secrets, but you know, how what, what's your advice to anybody out there that's that's battling uh, through this right now?
1: So it seems a little counterintuitive, but but keeping the the talent that we have is so important right now. We're a service based business, so to be able to retain that talent is is incredibly important. So in the face of rising costs, we're also increasing. Our compensation packages and our benefits packages. So January first, we um, we un- unveiled for our for our team here a very customized benefits program. So they get to pick and choose what's right for them. So if they need increased um, funds for childcare, they can allocate. It, it totals to over $5,000 a year in extra benefits they get on top of their salary. So they get to pick and choose where they want to use it. For some of my younger uh, staff members with small children, they're allocating that to childcare. For some of my older ones who are kind of past that point in their lives, they're allocating that to their savings and to their 401k. So we're, we're keeping, we're trying to keep the talent we have. We're trying to, to retain, um, retain those people, all of that creative goodness that I've been building for the past several years, and then we're trying to retract as well. So it's it's in the face of inflation, then we've got rising costs as well. Um, So the workaround to that is just look internally at where we can cut costs here, and then in turn reallocate those funds back to programs to keep that talent so that we keep delivering good service.
0: Yeah, that's something that is, you know, you can't procure very easily these days T- talent and talent that is high quality, but that also systemically knows your business and knows from everything from a customer service perspective to implementing what you let off with, which is so difficult, taking a creative moment in someone's heart or brain and putting it into the real world. So. That's a challenge that I'm sure a lot of firms are facing right now is, you know, there's a lot of conversation around staffing and so on and so forth and, oh, we can't get help, you know, whatever it may be. But more specifically, and especially in, in an organization like yours or small business like yours, people that, that know what's going on that want to stay in that business and basically need additional compensation in order to just be able to, to sustain their, their life as they know it.
1: Exactly, and we've had um, we've had very little change in staffing in the past six months. But the few that we have had have been post-COVID, family-related. I need to move back closer to my parents to help care for the, the little ones that I have. You know, I'm, me and my husband are trying to. I'm speaking, you know, as a staff member, trying to run, you know, a, a household. We both have full-time positions; we're professionals, but we need more childcare support. So they're they're making moves out of the state to be back with mom and dad and grandparents so that they can get that additional help they need. And by the way, you know my next wave here is going to be how do people care for their aging parents as well? You right. know the other end of the life spectrum. Um, we're going to have the same problem here in, in a few years with staff members here really needing to take that that primary caregiver role.
0: Yeah, it really is a, definitely an, an emerging, hopefully not crisis, but emerging. Um, something that is going to be requiring a lot of attention, something that in the wake of COVID we've seen. I don't know what the numbers are. This is completely anecdotal, but I imagine that some congregate care facilities are going to see less um, uh, residents as a result of of people saying, hey, wait a minute, I'd rather engage. I'd rather, whether it's uh, bringing an elderly parent into my home or just somehow keep them out of the nursing home um, that's going to increase more and more. And here in Rhode Island, we have, a, we have an aging population. That is, it's really important for businesses and employers, I suppose, to be aware of, that that needs to be factored in.
1: Yeah, it does, and out of my 15 staff members, I'll tell you that 14 are women, and, and we all know that women are kind of the, the first responders. Um, yeah. I see more um, help from their male spouses when they're raising their little ones, than I do later in life. I think um, parent care really comes a, a little bit more and falls a little bit more on the on the women in the family. Um, small child care I, I see the the um, the men stepping up and doing their you know fair share and more. But but elder care is a little bit different. So um, so that's the, I think we need to stay ahead of that one.
0: Tailoring to Rhode Island and specifically Aquidneck Island. I mean, look, it's not. Um, you know, it's not the international space station here in terms of being able to get supplies versus the quote-unquote mainland, but there is a little bit of an increase in gas prices that I've noticed. I was in Newport both Saturday and Sunday. I had to fill up yesterday. It was definitely, I think, 10, 15 cents more per gallon. Again, it's not even Block Island in the sense of trying to get supplies out there, but what are you noticing right now that that is kind of on the ground in the moment biggest challenge or price increase result of inflation that's impacting you on an acute level being a Middletown-based business? So
1: it's definitely gas prices. I have um, many of my staff members coming from Warwick, East Greenwich, yep. North Kingstown. They're feeling it. They're absolutely feeling that that rising gas price. So I'm keeping an eye on that for them. Um, and then, of course, we have a housing problem here on Aquidneck Island, right? So they can't live here closer to work and um, and benefit from a, that shorter commute because they can't afford to live here. So we need more affordable housing options, um, just middle-income affordable housing options as well here in Aquidneck, on Aquidneck Island. So it's, um, it, it's being able to buy a home here and it's being able to rent year-round here on Aquidneck island we all know it is it is the problem of the moment um and and we're we're starting perhaps we're starting to see it turn but um i'd say we've got another whole year cycle before some of those year-round rentals free up here for some of my
0: staff it's it's absolutely shocking and you know i i was in newport myself from I guess 2017 to about 2018. And I caught the tail end of what was sort of this moment artistically where there were a lot of artists um, who had had moved to the island or who had lived there. I had moved there I grew up in Rhode Island, but I moved to to Newport after ten years in New York and was a part of this really thriving artist community. A lot of makers, a lot of people getting into tech. We had people working on really interesting robotics projects. So it was a, it wasn't just like the you know the musician that doesn't have a day job or something like that scene. It was a very wide scene that has almost entirely been eviscerated because of a lack of housing. That's one phase, but now you get to the point where you have people in middle income, upper middle income working in various sectors that are unable to live on a Quidnick Island and with gas prices and everything else. Boy, that is unsustainable.
1: Yeah, it's 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 a, it's really a challenge. And I moved this business um, from Jamestown to Middletown, so I'm just that much, you know, that many fewer um, and more miles away for for my staff members. We, we had to move here; we outgrew our space, thankfully. So, um, so it's still a smart move, but one that has implications to it.
0: In the last couple of minutes here, what would you like to see from a municipal level, state level, federal level, in terms of intervention right now, that 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 makes sense, um, that doesn't set dangerous precedents, but also makes sense to just navigate this moment? Is there anything programmatically that could be implemented that that you know you'd call on, whether it be your, again your local? state representative, I, I don't know if it's Deb Ruggiero, who it may be in terms of on, on the Senate side, I'm not sure who, who it would be De Palma perhaps, is there anything they can do and, um, tri- and working our way up to the Biden administration?
1: Yeah, so I'm I'm thankful that Gina's got her eye on this for us in Washington, for yeah. sure because it's amazing, Yeah, we're a small business on a small island but we do so much procurement of, of goods and goods and services, primarily goods, you know, um, uh, miles and miles and miles and, and, um, and countries away. So what it takes to produce an entire home, to get it from our head into that home is so much harder than it used to be. So for example, I have doubled my production team in the last three months. So I went from two people responsible for estimating proposing, procuring, inspecting, installing, all those goods into a home, went from two people to four people. And that's not because the business has grown, it's because it's taken that much more labor and effort because of all of these other sort of global issues. So for example, we, we can, find out that those goods are on a shelf in a warehouse before we were proposing that, that selection to a client only and, and receive a ship date only to find out a few days before someone's ready to install those goods, oh no, they aren't. They weren't on the shelf in the warehouse as we thought. We, and, and that's really because they don't have the warehouse staff to manage their inventory levels the way they, they used to. So the information that we're getting is bad that means a reselection, and a you, know, you start that process all over again. Things get delayed. And, and you're managing and absorbing the expectations of your client, you know, to smooth that out. That takes twice as many people as it used to. So figuring this out on a global level, both the um, labor shortages in, in all of those related industries and the, um, the supply chain issues and the transportation issues to get, it, once you've got it in a warehouse and you know it's really there, then to get it from there to here is, is a challenge every single day. So that's what we need. We need a real global impact uh, and intervention on, on all three of those issues. Yeah,
0: it's like the University of Rhode Island's logo or, or slogan, rather, think globally, act locally, or whatever it is, or we think big. It's, it really makes sense here right now, and there's no question it's a challenging moment for everybody, but as you, as we discussed today, small businesses really feeling it. Patty Watson, thanks so much for your time, and uh, best of luck to you. I look forward to seeing you on the island.
1: Thanks. Sounds good, Bill. Have a good day.